episode 159 of the not your mama's gamer podcast a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a and feminist my inability pers- to clap and your inability to clap <laughs> as well as talking about games from a feminist perspective my name is samantha blackman and i'm an associate professor here at purdue university in west lafayette indiana where we talk about read about write about dream about amongst other things Video games, video games, video games. Now, I'm really excited today because I, I, I got all that out because not, now I can talk about where I'm really excited because we're joined by a special guest today. Um, we, I'm going to slaughter your last name and I forgot to ask you how to pronounce <laughs> it beforehand. It's okay. I've heard every variation go for it. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> um, I always get yours right. Uh, by Hazel Munfortin. Dude, that was perfect. That's my Yay! exact surname. <laughs> wow well done <laughs> yay good job good job um so uh hazel in addition to um being a phd candidate yes yes i was like i was gonna say because you because you, you say you're writing your 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 dissertation so i was like candidacy yes, yes. um and in english literature yay another english person <laughs> that makes us happy because, you know, we're wonderful and smart and do all kinds of great things. Yes, we do. Um, is also one of the writers on um, Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider by Arcane yep. Games, which is part of the reason she's here to talk to us today. <laughs> right? Um, part of the reason, just because, also because she's super funny on Twitter. So if you don't follow her on Twitter, <laughs> you need to be following her on Twitter. Um and she seems like a genuinely nice person. So let's get started. Hazel, did I leave anything out? I think that that was a good introduction. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know about the funny on Twitter part, but oh uh, no, <laughs> you are Alicia. Who are you, darling? Uh, not that exciting. I am Alicia Carabinus. I also my last name is forever butchered. <laughs> um, we could make that a hashtag. Uh, I am a PhD student at Purdue University studying rhetoric and composition, and uh, I am apparently also the subject of all of Sam's abuse. <laughs> I think I'm the one always getting attacked here. I'm feeling a little... <clears throat> anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with our usual. What you playing? What you reading? What you drinking? And because we try to be nice and uh, show some manners, we're going to start with Hazel. Uh, because, you know, guests go first. Hazel, what you playing lately? Um, well, I, lately I've just been playing Dishonored Death of the Outsider. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I, I was just tremendously excited to finally get my hands on it. Um, so I've been doing that, like, kind of nonstop since it came out on the 15th. Uh, I even had some friends over, and we we all played a little bit and watched and sort of explored bits. And uh, besides that, besides that game, um, I still pretty regularly are pl- um, am playing Stardew Valley. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and 
I keep coming back to Night in the Woods as well. Which I haven't played yet. Oh, it's so good. I really love that game. Oh, I know I keep looking at it, and I'm like, I want to play this game. But there's so many other games I also want to play. There, there are just so many, many other games. games. That's how it is. I, I still have um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Near Automata wrapped up on my shelf, waiting for me to finish my thesis. Um, so uh, hopefully I will get to that in a, in a couple months. Yes. <laughs> those are, those are, that's a good way to reward yourself. Yeah. As an absolutely good way to reward yourself. I was going to do that with Death of the Outsider, but I, I, I broke down pretty much instantly. No, so, no. This oh, yeah. is a, this is yeah, a special that was, thing. I was, that was too special for me to give up. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up, I mean, I was, it was either that or just watch it on YouTube in a weak moment anyway. So I thought that I should just, I might as well just go for it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> So, okay, so start, it's funny you mentioned Stardew Valley, right? Because I got a little Stardew Valley monkey on my back, just a little one, right? So <laughs> between three different farms, I think I've got about 300 hours in Stardew Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm about that, that uh, yeah. I'm not I didn't there go also. That <laughs> I didn't go that far. I played for a while, though. And I, I still play from time to time, right? Mm-hmm. I was, as a matter of fact, I was playing earlier this week. And I am so ready for um, multiplayer. Yeah. I am so ready for multiplayer. I want Stardew Valley multiplayer in the worst way. (laughs) Um, And I want, I want, like, I want everybody to play Stardew Valley so that when we actually get multiplayer, we can all, like, visit each other's farms. Uh... And, and like have little houses on the outskirts of people's <laughs> farms. See, I'm, I'm inviting everybody into my farm now. So Hazel, you're invited to, the, to build a little house on my farm. Thank you. Um, Alicia, I don't know about you, but um, I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. I knew it. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Anyway, so I did, I played a little Stardew Valley this week. I have also been playing a lot of. Uh, Dishonored Death of the Outsider. <laughs> now, let me just say this. Okay, I've been trying not to kill absolutely everyone in the game. Right. I've been trying to go for a 50-50 ratio, right? Okay. Which, for for normal people, would mean that the game would go fairly quickly. Right. For me, it means the game goes really slow because my answer to everything is, oops, they saw me, now everybody's got to die. <laughs> um <laughs> So it goes, so it goes, yeah. So it goes, so it goes, yeah. And um, and I was playing, like, right before we got started. Well, before Alicia and I jumped online about 45 minutes ago or so. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, I was like, I think I'm at the end. I was like, but you know how Dishonored games are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right now, I think I'm at the end. Uh, so I am probably at the end at this point. And I'm okay. gonna finish the game after we finish after we finish podcasting, but we're not gonna spoil it because you know we we want people to go play the game, so we're yes. not gonna spoil it. We can okay. have little tiny spoilers and we'll warn people, okay, um, when we're having conversations. Okay. But so uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Let me go back. I had uh, Stardew Valley, Death of the Outsider. I played also played um, uh, Maze because you know I like point and click adventure games or any kind of adventure games. Um, but you know, also I grew up in a, I grew up in an age when, uh, children of the corn first came out. 
Um, And I literally like live, well, not so much now, but when I, when we first moved out here, I literally like lived in the middle of a cornfield. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when you give me a game Um, that's set in a spooky cornfield with anthropomorphized corn and uh, uh, animatronic Russian bears with bad attitudes. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love puzzle games too. So, so, um, so I, that was pretty cool. Uh, it was not all that I wanted it to be. The puzzles weren't hard enough for me, but I've been playing puzzle games for almost 20 years. So mm. I like hard puzzle games because I've seen almost every kind of iteration of puzzle game that has kind of come out in the last 20 years. So I need hard puzzle <laughs> games to give me a real challenge. Um, but I wrote about it anyway, so people can go look there. But anyway, that's what I've been playing this week. What about you, Alicia? What you pl- Oh, what else? Did I- no, that's it. I'm going to remember something <laughs> else when Alicia starts talking. But Well, I've also been playing Dishonored Death of the Outsider. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, how I've been playing when we start talking about the game and your role and everything else, Hazel. Because okay. um, I shifted. So I'm not done. Sam is much farther than I am because I have... Like in mission mission two, I think I crisscrossed the city approximately seventy five thousand times, uh, and I advance at a crawl through everywhere because I usually prefer to ghost. So it's been it's been very slow. It's so dense, right? So I've been doing that, and I haven't had a lot of time for other things. Uh, I've still been playing a little bit of Fortnite. Uh, I have not tried the new battle royale. It's been sitting there. Everybody else in my house has tried it. I have not tried it. Uh, I'm teaching her story again this semester. We're working on that right now. So I had to do a little replay there. Uh, and I've been playing some of The Longest Journey. And, and speaking of blasts from the past and games with puzzles. and hmm mm-hmm. So a lot of variety in my life right now. But uh, Dishonored definitely being my primary focus because it's probably my favorite mainstream series right now and has been <laughs> since the first game. Yeah. Dishonored has always, and which is weird because I hate stealth games because I'm really bad at being I stealthy. Love games. Well, I'm bad at being stealthy, but I've always liked the Dishonored games because they didn't force you to be stealthy. Right. You mm. could still progress through the game even if you were like me and were like, oh, okay, gotta kill everybody. Um, <laughs> which. <laughs> I know that just makes me sound like some okay so let me just say this it makes me sound like some kind of sociopath but but oh no I'm not I'm gonna, gonna say I got out. a message from Alicia last night that said she was creating a tableau with the bodies of people <laughs> in the game okay so I have to explain myself <laughs> So I had this weird thing. Like I, I will go through and, and knock everyone out. Like I, I'm pretty sure that I have definitely put down again, like half the city. Um, but I don't like to just leave them, and I don't like to put them in dumpsters or something either because that just feels weird. So I always try to find like a chair, <laughs> put them in the chair, or like on a bed. So like I'm the most polite burglar <laughs> in all of the land. Um, but I got there were like all these places where there were a bunch of chairs, so I started arranging people. <laughs> and I did. This is why I haven't I haven't beaten the game yet. I've spent so I mean, much time the, arranging the, people. The body pile is a pretty classic dishonored thing. Like it is, it yeah. is. But but I you know, the body piles are fun 
And since the second one, people started like exploding in, in different ways. Like, whoa. Um, like, I did definitely try the displace thing where you displace into someone and oh, they God, explode. That's and the, frightening. The sound. <laughs> The meaty sound when you impact with it. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I was like, oh, I got I to gotta reload. I can't keep that. It's, it's best if you do that accidentally. Like you're just trying to get close <laughs> enough to choke them out and suddenly you've exploded them. Uh, oh. <laughs> I've, done that, I've done that a couple of times now. <laughs> See, all I need is a corner like between you know that where two walls meet and people can't see and I just stack the bodies up in a corner. Oh, now, no, no, no. <laughs> I just I need can't a corner. And and but what I get irritated when like um I'm using my weapon and then or or I throw a grenade and then they explode into pieces. Then I gotta pick up all the pieces. <laughs> I'm like Spring razors are the worst for that. I know. Ugh. I know. It's like, really? There's a hand over here. The rest of the arm is over there. The bottom of somebody's leg over there. Mm-mm. That's but a I lot was, of work. I was definitely taking some screenshots on my Xbox <laughs> of like, it looks like a, a social, but everyone suddenly just passed out. <laughs> so, yeah. No, there, when I'm done, there is, there is no doubt that everybody's dead. Uh, one of my uh, one of my friends sent me a video of uh, she'd she'd killed everyone on the level, um, and she had artfully arranged their bodies on a street and climbed See, it's up. not just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she'd climbed up to an apartment with a window that overlooked the street. And so the video began with Emily in the apartment walking up to the window, looking down, and on the street in bodies was written "send nudes." <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. That was intensely creative, and I, so I assume good. very time-consuming. So I, I appreciated that. Oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna have to squat go goals like that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wow, that's some next level shit. I need to get on that level. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right. Okay. Uh, so that's why you play Alicia. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's funny. That was like four games. I know. <laughs> I like so, so much time. I wanted so to make sure you were done. Well, but because... you know, ha- Hazel's at the end. Like, she can see the finish line. I'm just starting my prospectus. Mm-hmm. So, for me, everything is intense and terrible. Yeah, and she probably doesn't have a horrible dissertation director either. Yeah, um, like some people. Yeah, I know. You got the worst, I tell you. Uh <laughs> In case, you didn't, in case you couldn't figure that out, Hazel, that would be me. Yeah, um, I, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, also, Alicia, that means that you and I need to play some uh, PUBG mode of Fortnite this weekend. Okay. Well, that was easy. All right. <laughs> okay, so next up is uh, what you reading? Hazel, you reading anything interesting lately? Um, well, I'm just mostly doing stuff for thesis reading. Um, I'm rereading Angela Carter's Nights at the Circus. Um, as she's one of the two authors that I'm examining um, mm-hmm. in my, my work. And so I'm, I'm sort of r- right at the end reacquainting myself with this analysis that I wrote like two years ago that I can't remember why I wrote the way <laughs> I did. And so I'm going back to the text being like, is this really, is this, does this make sense? Um, probably a, just me being nervous, but... I, it's a great book, so I'm, I'm glad to revisit it. Um, I'm very lucky I get to study my favorite authors. Um, so, uh, yeah, that works out. But that's mostly what I'm doing at the moment is reading 
rereading bits and pieces of Angela Carter as I, I try and remember why I uh, wanted to write my topic on this um, <laughs> besides love. But, you know, <laughs> that, that's always a good reason, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Alicia? What you reading, darling? Uh, I just started. Uh, I'm also reading for similar reasons. I just started David Owen's Player and Avatar, The Affective Potential of Video Games. Hmm. And he's doing avatar studies from like a performance studies perspective with some uh, uh, some other theory mixed in. But uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating about the, the role you take on and how, when you enter this world and how it's a performance. Um, it's it's some of the, some things that I had not considered mixed with a bunch of other stuff I have read, so it's a new perspective. Mm-hmm. I like it so far. It's pretty new. It just came out this year, I think. Cool. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my I've been reading some stuff. Uh, I am. I started reading. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I probably didn't because it just came out. Um, Zoe Quinn's uh, Crash Override. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I started reading that. Um, actually, you know what? I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. Um, because I've been spending uh, more time in the car again lately. Does she um, read it herself? Or is there yes. Reader? She reads it herself, which makes it really interesting. Um, because you can hear emotion in her voice when she hits certain parts of retelling of her story. Um, which is why I always appreciate it when uh, people read their own work, especially if it's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that one I've been enjoying um, simply because we know we know the story as it unfolded in front of us, but to yeah. hear her perspective on it as well is is pretty interesting. Um so yeah, I'm enjoying that one. And then I started reading um I got it last week cuz I got really excited. It just popped up like on my Amazon page out of nowhere like the day that it uh the day that it was available was is Sheer uh Sheer Chess's new book. Um Ready Player 2. Uh, so I just started reading that, and that is pretty interesting so far. Um, it's a lot of fun because she starts with talking about um, audience and games and uh, what I think would probably be really interesting to you, Alicia, is like what it, what it means for a game to be a game, right? So the definition of game. And she talks about how it changed for her because I guess the project started for her when she was a grad student. So she was younger. She had no children. She wasn't married, none of this. So she had some very real ideas of what a game was. Um, So when people would talk about, you know, women... Um, playing certain kinds of games. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's a slippery slope here, so I'm trying to wait and see where this goes, right? So she's talk, she talks about women playing certain kinds, when people talk about women playing certain kinds of games, right? Because they were easy to put down uh, or they were more casual, shall we say. Um, she was real skeptical um, until, like now, fast forward, it sounds like probably 10 or 15 years um, since she first started uh, talking about it and thinking about it. Um, she is now in her forties 
um, has children, is married, has a career, so she needs games that she can put down uh, on you know on occasion and not come back and just be dead. Um, and like I said, it's a slippery slope, and it kind of makes me antsy because it kind of goes along with what people have been saying lately about playing Destiny 2. And people are like, well, you can't play Destiny 2 if you have a family. I'm like, clearly these are men talking because they can't multitask like women can, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, and I, and I actually tweeted this at Kotaku because they were like, Destiny 2 is for people without, is for people without kids or people without families. I was like, look, I, I tweeted back. I was like, college professor, homeschooler, single parent, full-time gamer playing Destiny 2, play with somebody else. I mean, because... <laughs> I'm like, there's, there, I don't like when people say, well, women can or can't do these things or because, you know, their parents or because um, they, they need to be able to multitask because it's not true, right? I mean, I got a really busy life and I can play, I can play a lot of games and I can play games like Destiny 2 without a problem. So when some dude goes, well, you know, I have to, you know, take my shift with the kids after my wife goes to bed. So I have to listen for the baby monitor. So I can't raid. I'm like, you know, then you need to get good with your parenting and your gaming. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole new dimension to the get good debate. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't play destiny, because you got to listen to the baby monitor, you got a problem. So <laughs> I'm real snarky today. Um, so like I said, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I'm interested, I'm interested to see where her argument goes as the, as the book unfolds. Like the book just came out uh, this it's must be, last it's, month. It was last month. It, was it? Yes. Okay. It only hit Amazon like last week then. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where the argument goes and if I have to get mad. Yeah, I have that one on my list. Yeah. And I actually had to buy a paper copy of a book because was, there was no digital copy. You know how I'm I about paper that. copies. Oh, that, that doesn't mean I get to borrow it, though, so I'm excited. No, that means you don't get to borrow it. Oh, damn. <clears throat> so. Let's talk mm-hmm. about drinking. Let's talk about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the important stuff. Hazel, uh, what you drinking, darling? Mostly coffee lately. Uh, pretty much, I I I haven't had too many um, moments where I could kind of sit and kick back and have have something like proper to drink. But um, I, I drank way too much in the uh, last year um, during my uh, one of my thesis woe moments. So I, I kind of dialed it back, but. I, uh, st- I still occasionally will uh, grab, you know, the cheapest possible bottle of wine from the local supermarket and uh, <laughs> have that. So just co- it's coffee. Let's go with coffee. Coffee. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee All and right. discount wine. <laughs> coffee and discount. I, I'm down for discount wine. What about you, Alicia? What you drinking, darling? I have a sad story. Uh-oh. I have the very last because the last time I was at the store, they didn't have any more. Um, the very last Sweetwater Triple Tail Tropical Indian Pale Ale Seasonal. <laughs> right. I was going to say because it's seasonal. Yeah. Yes. And I think that this is the end. 
It'll be back next year. You just have uh, to remember. Maybe. The last time you got me on a seasonal beer that I liked, they didn't bring it back the year after that. <laughs> However, I did want to tell you that the other day I was at The Pint, which is a local place where they have rotating taps, and they had a Vandermill uh, apple raspberry, which I had not had Ooh. before. And we talk about Vandermill a lot. If you're a longtime listener, you, you are familiar with the Vandermill discussions. The apple raspberry was good. <laughs> It was, when were you there? Uh, I was there Monday. Uh, so they'll, they'll still have it. They change out on alternating Tuesdays. Uh, so you should go. It was very tart. Mm. And very good. So Vandermill, uh, for, those who, for those who don't know, and, and Hazel, I'll keep you in the loop right here, mm-hmm. is a, it's a Michigan um, cider farm. Right. Uh, and I'm from Michigan. Right. So uh, they also, you know, so they make ciders and I'm always I'm big on Michigan ciders because it makes me feel like I'm at home. And Vandermill makes some amazing ciders and they do them fairly small batch because it's just like a small ish uh, cider mill. Um, and they ju- they just started distributing as far as Indiana, like in the last year. Uh, so before we were just driving I would drive to in I would drive to Michigan and get some or whenever anybody would drive to Michigan I would like bribe them to bring me back we had, like, like a beer pipeline and <laughs> cider pipeline flowing from Wisconsin and Michigan into Indiana. It's amazing. Yeah. Networking. <laughs> Networking is a wonderful thing. Um so yeah they started they started to distribute into Indiana and we got real happy. So yeah. All right. Um, I, oh, I'm sorry. You're drinking the last triple tail. Well, I am actually, this is going to be shocking to all, am not drinking an alcoholic beverage right now. Uh, I was real tempted. I was real tempted when Alicia said she was going to drink a beer. And I was like, yeah, I haven't had any coffee yet today. So I'm having coffee and I'm having red grapefruit sparkling water. That's what I'm drinking. that. Nice. But I also have a big water here, so I can make my, my triple tail last longer. Cool. Well, I, I'm having a cup of tea. <laughs> what kind of tea is an important question? It is PG Tips, regular builder's tea. I so. knew you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... a bit of milk, and uh, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. I've See? lived here for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, cause I I I can't drink milk and tea. Oh, I love it. I, I cannot. It. I could do sugar and lemon. I could do honey and lemon. I could do just honey, but I cannot do milk. It depends I, on the kind of tea, obviously. I'm sorry, Hazel, you're an expert on this. I will. I <laughs> I just I'm not an expert. I, I live in England. They only drink one type of tea here. <laughs> right, PG tips, um, right? I I really prefer the mouthfeel when it's got a bit of milk in. It just makes it a lot. Less kind of, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It just, it gets, it makes my mouth dry weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I, yeah, when I, I drink tea without milk, but with milk, it's a lot, it's just a lot smoother. I like it. That makes <laughs> sense. Cause tea's a diuretic, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that it would make your mouth feel dry. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. So that's what we're playing, what we're reading and what we're drinking. Um, 
Okay, so before we before we get before we get started, I have I want to say something and I want to do something. And y'all know I'm big on calling folk out. I call people out all the time. Alicia know I call people out because I call her ass out too when I need to. Um, I, I love it. Call me out. <laughs> and I got called out this week, and I appreciate it, right? Because I tell people all the time, call me on my bullshit, right? I said something during the last podcast that that was cis sexist, right? I said something that directly connected biology with gender when I was, well, and gender and sexuality, because I was talking about myself when, when Alicia and them were just ta- taunting me with pictures of penises. And I, <laughs> and I said something, um, I cannot remember my exact, I should have listened to it again, but I said something about um, me, being, me being so gay that I did not want to see dongs all up on my screen. Um, and I shouldn't have because it was sexist and I apologize. Um, so I want to make sure that I said that before I forgot, because you know what, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So if for anybody listening, when I fuck up, call me on it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now we can move forward. Now we get to talk to Hazel (laughs) because I'm excited to talk to Hazel. So, Hazel, okay, I got to ask this question first. I'm jumping the line. I'm going all out. How did the opportunity to um, write uh, with the folks at Arcane on Dishonored to Death of the Outsider uh, drop it to your lap? Because it just dropped it to your lap. You didn't go looking for it. You didn't do any work because, you know, you're a woman. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) How did this opportunity come about? Um, it was, I mean, it was quite sudden and it was quite, um, I, I, I can't say that I wasn't lucky because I absolutely was, I, I absolutely was lucky, but, um, it, it came about because of Twitter, um, which is, is very odd, but, um, I'm very grateful for, um, it, I essentially, I had been an enormous fan of Dishonored from, um, I think I first played the games in, uh, like late 2013, maybe about six months or something after um, they first came out or a year, I can't remember. Um, and just became really enthralled with the world and, and the writing and the, the atmosphere. And um, I also, I wasn't great at stealth games, but I slowly, I slowly got good. Um, and now I'm, I'm fairly good. Um, and I started well, I, I was writing fan fiction for a long time. Uh, and then I started writing um, essays and little, what are, you know, in fan community calls, calls them meta posts, um, which I, I just basically um, was just analyzing little bits of the game and, and giving my thoughts about this or that from, because I started my PhD as well in 2013. So that, um, that that sort of developed with my my academic interest and my my interest in Dishonored sort of came about at the same time, um, or not at the same time. You know what I mean? But um, I more or less I I became friends with Harvey Smith through Twitter, um, creative director of Dishonored Two, co-creative director of the first game, um, and he really liked um, my enthusiasm and he really liked my thoughts about the game um, and other things we just were, we were chatting quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a point where I made a tweet thread, um, which was based on some earlier, an earlier draft of, of, um, something I'd written on and posted on Tumblr, looking at the outsider as a figure 
of um, sacrifice. And I was looking at my, my thesis deals directly with um, uh, René Girard's a scapegoat mechanism and mimesis and this, um, his sort of uh, anthropological and, and religious um, theory about violence in, in culture. And so I was, I basically took that and applied it to the Dishonored games. Um, and especially after Dishonored 2 came out um, and we had that kind of revelatory cutscene where you see that the outsider was created through a ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that made so much sense to me. And I wrote, eventually wrote the tweet thread, which then got picked up by PC Gamer and became a full article. And that was, I think, one of the one of the main ways that convinced the people over at Arcane Leon that maybe they should pick me up to work on this game with them. And so Harvey, I, Harvey asked me for creative writing samples because he didn't know if I could write creatively. Like, <laughs> sure, I could write an essay, but <laughs> right. can I actually, you know, string a sentence together? Turns out he thought I could. That was very flattering. Um, I sent him some writing samples. He liked them. Um, the, writing the fanfic forever has paid off. Um, also, I did, I did creative writing as part of my undergrad. Like, this wasn't... <laughs> uh, I, I'd been doing this for a while. And so... Yeah, he, he talked to Sashka Duval, the lead narrative designer over at Arcane Leon, who worked on Dishonored 2, um, and who was the lead narrative designer and um, had some uh, creative direction credits for Death of the Outsider, um, and brought me on board along with a uh, kind of a veteran games writer, Anna McGill, who's worked on Guild Wars 2 and a bunch of other titles, and is now at Remedy um, over in Finland. So... Uh, we were, yeah, we were both brought in at the same time, and that's that's how it began. Pretty much just loving the games and 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 writing something interesting about them. So <laughs> that's how I got onto this project. I do sometimes I, I recognize that this being my first project is intense, and at times like there were there were there were points where I was literally was like is this just the most devastating own I'm ever experiencing in my life? Like, is, the, <laughs> is this just actually not happening? And then there was a point where I got on a plane to go to Leon and I'm like, I think this is real now. I, I don't think this is actually a joke. Like, and um, so, yeah, I, I, I recognize that it, it can be, it felt literally unbelievable for a good portion of it, but I was, I was ecstatic the whole time. I was so happy to be there. And I'm really, really proud of what we did. That's yeah. awesome. It is awesome. Right. <laughs> I did just tweet at Undead Labs that was like, listen, <laughs> this happens. Why can't it's you not, love me? <laughs> I don't I don't recommend spamming um, developers. We, we go way back. It's fine. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a, a okay, pretty just, long-term just, relationship with, with Undead. Okay, um. just just generally for anyone listening, for anyone listening, I don't recommend spamming developers on Twitter. They get a lot of that from a lot of people. They kind of but, think you're weird and uh put I mean, you on a list at that point. It it worked for me, so I don't I don't know. oh no that's a great that's that's a really great story and it's 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 hopeful right because it's not just that you were you weren't just out there spamming you were being productive with your fandom right Mm -hmm. in a a very particular way and that that very particular way got you noticed uh so it's, it's just nice that that when we put things out into the world sometimes they come back it's 
yes, my story is a story of hope. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was just writing what I felt the game was, well, I was just writing out what I felt the games was saying. And I, um, I'm just really glad that that resonated with the people who had had a hand in making it. So, um, I mean, all the authors that I work on for my PhD are very dead. And so it was, it was, it was kind of surreal to have the people who'd actually worked on and written and planned out the story that I had found so resonant with, you know, the, the, the critical lens with which I'm writing my thesis, Mm -hmm. um, kind of, you know, gave me a thumbs up and were like, hey, do you want to come and work on this thing that we're doing? Um, it wasn't originally, like, he proposed that, Harvey Harvey Smith had proposed that maybe I should come in and do something more, like, with with fans or kind of um, as part of the fan community, but then eventually um, he decided that, no, actually, this is real, we should bring you in on, on Death of the Outsider. Um, so that was... I was overjoyed. Like I was, I was sort of like, I hope, I hope it's the DLC. And then, and then he told me what it was. And, I'll, and I, I literally danced around the room. Like I just, I got up and, and my boyfriend was there uh, in the room with me um, the whole time. And, and, and I, uh, he was, he was, he was ecstatic for me, but he doesn't play video games and he doesn't know. I tried to get him to watch me play the first Dishonored, but he really wasn't into it. So he, he was, he kind of looked, looked up at me and was with, with, uh, uh, you know, there was pride in his eyes. He was very proud of me, but also he did not know what I was talking about. Like, <laughs> I think but, this is uh, cool. You seem excited. I, it's like, I'm very happy for you and your nerd stuff. <laughs> but um, bless him. Yeah. He can't, I mean, he can't get up on me about my nerd stuff because he is, as we speak right now in Gibraltar in an exclusive Warhammer tournament. Uh, oh. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. we, we live, yeah. we, he and I exist in a state of like, um, a, a, you know, mutually assured embarrassment. So we, <laughs> <laughs> with our nerd stuff. So uh, we're good. I like that one. I might have to steal that one. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's like nerd them to the umpteenth level right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, there's something I wanted to say about this particular story. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe this is a good place to put it before we get into, like, question questions. And this is what I was referencing earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have played, I played the first game, I played the second game, I've played them multiple times. And I've talked about this before on the blog. I try sometimes to be a quote-unquote bad guy in games, and I just can't do it. I can't just run around killing people at random. So I've never completed a high chaos playthrough <laughs> of Dishonored. I've done, like, various levels of stealth <laughs> Um, sometimes I will kill a few people and then I feel bad about it. Um, so, I mean, and I'm not like particularly nice. Just there's something about running around stabbing people in the video games that I can't do. Uh, but after, and I don't want to, I don't want to give too many spoilers. It hasn't been out that long, but mm-hmm. after the second mission, mm-hmm. the, uh, the interstitial, uh, when Billy talks for a little bit, I mm-hmm. started mission three with a completely new outlook on this world. And I thought, you know what? I think it's going to be okay for me to kill some people. I'm going <laughs> to give myself permission nice. to kill a few people in this game. So it was really, like, effective. Like, what, what the, the way the story is, is shaping up uh, made me think and re-engage with the series in a completely different way. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. 
that's and the rest yeah, of the homes. That's awesome. I mean, that is in part um, what we were going for. Um, there was an article on, on Wired recently uh, talking about how Dishonored Death of the Outsider has more anger in it than the other titles. Um, and, and that's in part because, you know, Corvo and Emily, um, and, and, and in a sense, um, I, well, Corvo and Emily come from essentially a place of privilege, especially oh, yeah. Emily. Um, Dowd has a little bit more dispassion to him. Um, he, his, his background is, is quite mysterious. We don't know if he's endured any, any severe loss, um, really. Uh, but, but Billy absolutely has been, um, a, a, a victim of quite a lot of, you know, uh, of, of poverty, of, of prejudice, of, um, tremendous amount of just of, of loss and, 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 uh, fear and anger. And so mm-hmm. she has a completely different perspective on the world compared to the other characters yeah. and a pro and everything she, she does and how she approaches that world and, and its problems is completely different from previous characters. Mm-hmm. And so that was really exciting to write. I was really happy, um, to, to be a part of that. And, uh, her even her relationship to the outsider is quite different. She t- she talks back to him unlike any other any other protagonist, um, and kind of calls him out at times as well for what Psst. what he does and how he relates to the world. Hey Hazel, um, yes, that's because she's a black woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I uh, it's she is very capital T tired and. Is is completely willing to yeah just call people out for what they're doing, and I oh, one of the phrases that Harvey Smith kept using in the, the kind of lead up to the release was that one of Billy's kind of core outlooks is that some people just need killing, um, and yeah. I feel like that's really true because Billy Billy's seen a tremendous amount of shit and just feels like you know just if you just drop someone here or there things might help you know <laughs> it'll improve someone's life maybe mm-hmm. so it's 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 a totally different approach she's not as in previous games she's not radically restructuring or developing a moral code she already has a moral code yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's in part why the lack of chaos system makes sense in death it, and the it outsider really compared to previous games mm-hmm. um and so yeah i just i really love I really love her approach to the worlds compared to uh, compared to previous titles. Obviously, I love them. I love them all, but it's it's kind of refreshing her her anger and her 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 passion um, from from a character like that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that I I really at first when I heard that there wasn't going to be a cast, I was like, what? How is it even dishonored? What's going on? <laughs> but but yeah, you as soon as you you step into that role and you you are in her and like embodying that position in that world, mm-hmm. it makes it makes immediate sense. Yeah, there is there is still there are still moral choices throughout the game, yeah. and especially the final choice of killing the outsider is absolutely a moral choice, and that's that's put forward I think in the game as the as as the kind of ultimate moral choice for for Billy. Um, and the one that will have the most impact on the world. So it's still there, just very, the, the kind of theme is still there, but in a, in a expressed in a different way mechanically. 
And there's some there's some little stuff that happens that I think is really fascinating. And okay, so this is not a, a big thing. This is a very small thing. There's a one spot where, for instance, you can sign a petition. You can choose to put your mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was thinking. You know, if if I had been Emily, say, and this was Dishonored 2, and I signed the petition, like, that's a huge deal, mm-hmm. right? Um, but here, I'm like, I'm a wanted person. I'm definitely somebody who is known, but, like, I'm also just me on behalf of me sneaking in. Uh, so it was, it was kind of funny to be like, I'm just going to leave this. And it feels so snarky to be like, I broke in your house. <laughs> I, I took your shit, but I also signed your petition. So, like, that's we're cool now, right? Um, <laughs> it was just, just I could imagine this this web like springing out from just this one tiny action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like touches like that. It's one of the reasons why I did go back and forth across the city like seventy five thousand times in that one mission because I wanted to find all of the things and all of the opportunities because it, it just really feels like a living, breathing world. Yeah. That's what I've always loved about Dishonored is that it is so densely packed with a a thousand micro stories. Um, And it's all, it's all there to be read and picked up and and puzzled over. And I really just, I'm just getting choked up. I'm just really happy that I got to contribute (laughs) to this world, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that you got to. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, it's a, it's a great story and that's, I know we've kind of talked around this for, uh, talked around this, talked about this a little bit. I shouldn't say talk around this because that sounds like we haven't talked about it. Um, but for you as a writer, how hmm. difficult was it to come into this series, right? After two successful games and lots of DLC and build upon that existing lore. Um, and I always wonder how much freedom did they give you and your team um, when it came to creating this narrative? I So I came in, when I came in, the, the plot had been decided. Um, that was something that Harvey Smith and Sashka Duval had worked out before um, um, bringing in me and Anna to, to work on this. Mm-hmm. So we, are, we already knew the basic structure of the level designer. By the time we went to Leon for a week to... Um, talk to everybody and and get up to speed with what they were doing there and what their all of their intentions are and and what needed to be done over the next few months um, and that which was tremendously helpful and also just a really fun time um, and uh, so the level designers had already sketched out um, the various um, areas and what needed to be done and what what was going to happen and what puzzles were there and so when we were, when, when, what our job was, um, our job, our job was to, uh, work with Sachka who had a very, um, who, who was starting to plot out what needed to be said, where and why, and how the environments were going to look like with, with the artists and with the level designers and Mm -hmm. what those were going to say with text and without text and so on. And so, um, and the rest of, so mine and Anna's job ended up being uh, to flesh out what Sachka gave us, um, and to, for for instance, I worked on a lot of cinematics between uh, Dowd, Billy, and the Outsider, and so on. Oh, nice! Mm. And which was great. I loved it. Um, and I I was super familiar with the lore of the world from being obsessed with it for like five years. So I um, 
I didn't find it too difficult to step into um, enhancing bits here and there um, with with things that I understood and things that I knew about the world and also things I wanted to see and look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, one of the last levels you um, and I, I this isn't a spoiler, I promise. There is a library <laughs> and it's full of books just by the people who live there about the world and about the void. Um, and mm-hmm. so I was told, you know, some, sometimes the instructions that I gave were quite um, detailed, like for the cinematics and so on, it had to be the player needs to know this, they have to talk about this thing, um, and, and a lot of little dialogue snippets that definitely had to impart a certain amount of information and so had to be a very specific way. Mm-hmm. But for the lore stuff, it was like, Uh, something like this or that or you know about the void about you know this little bit of the void about whatever you know uh, from the librarian to somewhere else to to someone else you know things like that so those were very loose and so I could kind of submit whatever I wanted so um, I had an absolute fucking whale of a time (laughs) so to speak Um, just a little little dishonor joke for you um uh, just just writing whatever I wanted, and the library is like the the area is is they the, the people who write these books were were all scholars, and so I got to use my uh, my academic jargon to write about Dishonored, and I'm like, this is absolutely my wheelhouse. This is what wow. I've been doing forever. My I'm going to die of actual jealousy. Oh my god! Right um, so I'm really really I'm like absolutely inordinately proud of some of the things in there just because this is like I got to use the word hermeneutics I got to use the word semiotics I got to use the word monograph uh, um, I got yeah I, yeah I got some poor voice actor to say hermeneutics um, and uh, I I was just I was having a blast like I just I loved being able to do that and to, to bring that to it so I've I maybe I've gotten away from your question, or maybe I answered. No, this is great. I answered it too much. But, <laughs> oh, there's not um, too much. <laughs> but I there were points where sorry, I live on a loud street. That's um, okay. That's okay. There are points where I uh, I had I was very constrained with what I had to write because the player had to know a certain amount of information, and I definitely had to to impart that. But there were points where I was just like a conversation between an argument between scholars. And so I got to write an argument between scholars and I made a little Derrida joke in there and <laughs> I made a Spivak joke in one of my, my notes and I was just, uh, I, could, I could sort of do what I liked. But obviously then it went to Sachka and Harvey and they kind of um, would give edits um, and wor- rework it, some of it with me, especially the, the cinematics and the dialogue. I definitely reworked a lot of that. But mm-hmm. a lot of the lore books are just like... Um, I had a friend who just sent me a screenshot of a, of one of the books and was like, Hazel, did you write this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> so yeah. th- those are always my favorite things in games like Dishonored. Are uh, I do it all the time, right? It's like when you're walking through either someone's home library or the mm. library that you're talking about in this scene, right? So... <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Just to walk through, and you you look at the books, and you pick up the books, and to to read through the books, to 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 get the history, to get more of the lore, to hear what people mm-hmm. are thinking and saying about um, the world and what's going on around them. It adds so much to the story because you're like, okay, so here are all these people that are now laying over here in this pile dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now I kind of feel bad about it. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> but you you get all of this story, and it starts to make things make more sense, mm. right? Billy, I'm gonna say this. Billy has got to be my favorite character in the Dishonored series so far. She's she was absolutely one of my favorites from from Knife of Dunwall onwards. Um, yeah, yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, and and this this game solidifies that for me. Um, I'm so glad. <laughs> so I was glad like, no, you ruined the whole series. Can you please for just me. come on the podcast so we can compliment you for a while? It'll be really fun. Uh, I promise. I can I can take some time out to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, she she is absolutely like I said one of my one of my she's got to be my favorite character thus far. Um, because there is so much going on with her, right? And, you know, like she keeps stressing, she seems to be, I don't know, how do I put this? More herself than Corvo and Emily and Dowd, right? And I don't, I I think I know why. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about why yet. Um, especially because it might be a bit of bit spoilery, um, and I and we don't want to do that. Um, but she works for me in ways that some other characters haven't. I struggled mightily with Dishonored too. Alicia knows this. We had this conversation. Um, I struggled mightily with the with the original Dishonored too for a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, this this DLC is redemptive for me. Hmm. So, I want to say that, um, and it, it makes me it makes me it makes me not anxious to see what comes next. Excited to see what comes next. I'll say that much. All right, Alicia, do you have another? I think the next question is yours. Right? Yeah, I, oh, um, I have a uh, I have a technical. Oh no! Question. I know. I'm sorry, oh, but boy. <laughs> I think it's I think it's important because. All right, let me give you a little bit of background. I talked about this actually on maybe the last podcast. Uh, I've been trying for the last couple of years to see if I can get some get some, a studio or an indie or whatever. Cause I, I want to mm. people. I want people to start producing scripts for games into books, but nobody can because of NDAs or whatever. Their materials are really messy. It just doesn't work. But we we need an image of what it's like to, to write for games. And you've given us some really good stuff about, like, you know, the details you would get, like, people need to know this at certain times, so I have to fill in around that. That's amazing. That's the kind of information that we don't usually get. But here's what I want to know. What does the workflow look like when you, okay, so you get these instructions, like, okay, we're going to write this cinematic. Here are the details that need to happen in this one. But other than that, you know, whatever. So you write something or you write it collaboratively with your partner and then you send it back. Like, what, how does that happen? How does it get enacted? I mean, it's, it's different for every studio and it, it depends who's involved in the writing because sure. a lot of studios will have level designers and, and programmers and so on be doing the writing as well. Um, but mm-hmm. um, Arcane has a, a separate narrative team, so... Um, and w- which wasn't which wasn't true for the first Dishonored. Um, they had uh, the lead designer and creative directors do most of the writing, along with two external writers. Um, so, 
for but but for Dishonored Two and for Death of the Outsider, there was a dedicated narrative team with the lead narrative designer who was responsible for setting the pacing and 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 the um, to maintain the tone and to manage like you know thousands of lines of barks and uh, you know player facing um, names of items and uh, user interface uh, descriptions and as well as the cinematics and as well as the 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 ambient dialogue and the the ambient notes and and so on so um, Sachka Duval was in charge of all of that while we were working on Death of the Outsider. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I was told what to write, for, um, and we, we I, I had a, um, uh, a dedicated um, remote desktop that I could log into and I could work, I could work through their, their project manager, which was extremely helpful. Um, and uh, so I just, I had a task list and I would just fill out what needed to be filled out through there. Um, and uh, that would go immediately back to Sachka, who would give me comments or accept it if it was fine as it was. Um, but if, if, if it was something like, say, the between mission you know, briefings, where it definitely has to impart a very specific amount of information uh, about, about what the level designers are doing, mm-hmm. Um, it also went to the level designers who would then um, oh, wow. give critiques about, oh, this, that's not correct. Sorry, we had to change something. That's not true anymore. No, the player needs to know this specifically. And so, like, because it is the, the writing, while it does obviously have to give information to the player and also uh, be from a very specific character and try, try to characterize them, you know, each time they speak and so on. It also, it has to do an amazing amount of work because there are people who just won't listen. There are people who don't care and just want to know what's happening. There are people who, um, you know, will, will listen to maybe half the conversation and, and then tune it out. Like, y- you have to account for all of these people. Um, and so it was a serious adjustment for me, who is very much used to writing the kind of purplest prose you've ever seen, for people who are absolutely, you know, dedicated fans, um, or just for myself, mm-hmm. that was that was a transition to 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 have to write, um, have to write for an audience that um, is the opposite of of me and how I play games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the workflow was definitely collaborative in in all aspects um, because we were, you know, we 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 all had the same goals and we all had to be on the same page for how the information was being presented and what was being said. So. Oh, that's does, that's does nice. that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, awesome. The idea of it going to the level designers, I mean, it makes sense, but it's not mm. something I would have I would have thought of, right? Because we we like I said, we just don't have those kind of windows in the process. But that's yeah. uh, that's really it helps to visualize how this works because there are so many different moving pieces. Yeah, in a game. absolutely. There's so many different moving pieces and so many different intentions and so many different like ideas and styles that have to be pulled together, um, yeah. which is why you would have someone like a lead narrative designer who would be responsible for how the story is being presented right. across the game um, in, in all ways, not just through the text or the dialogue. Um, and so that goes a long way to, to having a game feel a lot more thematically and stylistically cohesive. Um, so yeah, we were very, very, Sachka was wonderful to work with and I was very, I felt very indulged 
throughout the process. Um, not just because she would assign me things like a conversation between scholars, but also like she wants um, for what one of the one of the books that you can find in the second level is a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and I quite like cooking. Like my Instagram is entirely pictures of food that I've made. Like I'm very much into cooking and I'm into historical recipes as well. Mm-hmm. And so she she assigned this to me. She's like, I need a recipe for some kind of um, a sort of occult recipe for making your uh, uh, songs sound sweeter. And so I, 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 I made a recipe, and it's a, we- it's a real working recipe mm-hmm. for tongue in aspic. And, of course, the tongues are, you know, <laughs> young male singer's tongues, but that's not, I mean, you can still do the recipe, but maybe get a beef tongue or something. Right. Don't, you you don't might want to use a different kind of tongue, yeah. I mean, you can also, if you want to cut out some dude's tongues, like, <laughs> that's, that's open to you. You might go We're to jail. We're not telling anybody like, how to there. live their lives. Right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody here, but, <laughs> um, but I wrote, so I wrote out this thing and I wrote it in the style, cause I've, I've read a, a fair amount of historical cookbooks and I wrote it in the style of a Victorian cookbook and I sent it back to Sachka and all, all of these things had to be at least, at, you know, 200 words, sweet spots. Like I couldn't really go over that. So that was, that was another constraint I had to deal with mm-hmm. but um i sent it to sachka and she, she messaged me back saying uh you had entirely too much fun with this one <laughs> <laughs> um i'm like i have i absolutely did thank <laughs> you <laughs> oh this is great um sam i'm gonna inter- interject a question that that's not on here but because we kind of covered the question that is mm-hmm. um Okay, so you've told us about the, the scholarly books, and you told us about the recipe, and I just got to the recipe, like, day before yesterday, so it's very fresh in my mind. Uh, it's gross. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I've, I, tongue is a very nice cut of meat, and I, 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 would, I would like to make that recipe one day um, when I have a lot of time, and I'm not doing my PhD. And a lot of young men around. Who look and like a lot of young men tongue. around who need to shut the hell up. <laughs> I could probably give you a list of recommendations. Um, okay, so besides those things, mm-hmm. okay, what's what's another artifact or line of dialogue or something? Just what's your what's your other favorite? What's something that really sticks out to you? I I have a lot of favorites. Well, give us um, one. Give us give us one or two. I I can't because they're all at the end. Like I'm immensely ah, proud. Oh. I'm immensely proud of the 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 final scenes in the void. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for you two to go and, and, and witness this because I've seen a lot of whaling, uh, W A I L I N G. We're going to use uh, as many different versions ha-ha. of whales we can today. <laughs> I've seen a lot of, uh, moaning in like, and, and crying in like a good way. Like it's definitely emotionally impacted a lot of people. And every time I see a post like that on Twitter or Tumblr, I just kind of rub my hands together and, and kind of cackle a little bit. I'm just really excited that this is <laughs> had the exact intended effect. Um, yeah. Well, you know, so that's, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got excited because you, you, you were talking, because that's where I am, right, in right. the game. That's like literally where my TV, which is like two and a half feet away from me, <laughs> is paused. Um, okay. And... That was the thing. I was like, I was like, I'm here. And Alicia was like, well, go ahead and play it. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to play this because I want to play this. Because the conversations, even in the 
Okay. I'm trying not to see how spoilery this is. Okay. Even the, the the conversations between the outsider and Billy in the interstitials mm-hmm. have been so interesting mm-hmm. to me that I don't want to miss a thing about what's about to go on on my TV right over here. Okay. <laughs> I well I I'm I'm very super happy with how it came out like I I didn't when I I, I wrote the scenes with with Harvey and Sachka and I was I was really happy with them um, but I didn't know then it, it went over to the animators um, and and I, I I was there for the recordings for some of them or actually well I was there for the recordings for the main main characters so I'd, I'd heard the lines individually I hadn't heard them put together in mm-hmm. actual conversation <sighs> Um, which was really exciting. I was really, I was, I was incredibly starstruck when I was like on a Skype call with Rosario Dawson. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to be, I really wanted to tell her like, we, we grew up in the same neighborhood, but I, I was just too shy, um, to, to tell her that. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> so I'd heard the lines individually. I hadn't heard them in conversations. Um, and so I was just when I when I first got the game, I sort of just zoomed through to watch the cutscenes and to watch the the final endings because um, I, I was really really curious how those were animated and what because um, there's so much you know intention and and meaning and emotion that can be conveyed through body language obviously mm-hmm. and so I wanted to see how the animators took what we had written and 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 done with that and I was super happy like I I'm very I'm super into how it went down and, and how it's portrayed. So I'm, I just, I couldn't be more seriously, couldn't be more excited and, and proud of, of, uh, those, those scenes. So that's the, those stick out as what I think are like, I'm, I'm very, very happy with, but there's loads of stuff just across the game that I'm really happy with. Like, um, I, oh, it's all spoilers now. I can't actually, <laughs> I know. Oh, so, okay, wait, uh, here's, here's a, a tidbit that people aren't finding these notes because they are incredibly hard to find. Ooh. But, yeah, they're this incredibly like a challenge. hard to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck, seriously, because the first one especially is super hard to find. Um, but on the boat, like the, the, the scenes on the boat, uh, if, you, if you jump off the boat um, and I guess, yes, port side, <laughs> the left side, and you swim in the water over to the bank where the stairs are and where the little waterfall is and where that rock face is. Mm-hmm. On each, um, each time that you're back on the boat for a mission briefing and you jump in the water, there will be a note from Billy to Dowd that she can't send because it's too personal. So, she, so she, what she's been doing is writing down her feelings and throwing it into the ocean. And so you can find those notes. There's three of them between each level, or the beginning of beginning of the first three levels that you can find. I have noticed there's a there's a couple of places where things are like crossed out and and redone in this even more so than in in, in the game's past. I haven't found those, and I've been over there because the first time I didn't <laughs> notice the little path, so I just jumped in the water. So now I'm really <laughs> mad at myself. Um, but, but they're super hard to find because yeah. they are very small. And especially in the first bit, the sea is so choppy. It's so hard to see them and you don't have foresight yet. So you can't, 
you can't go around and have things highlighted. So, and I, I, when I first jumped in the water in the first level, I, I was actually worried that they'd been cut because I couldn't find it for the life of me. But then in the second level, I had foresight. I found the second one. I'm like, okay, so all three of them are definitely in the game. So uh, that's that's a challenge to uh, you guys and also everyone listening. Just try and find those notes. They're full of feelings. Did my best. <laughs> oh, see now we got to go back and uh, now we got to go back and play through the first three levels again. <laughs> I um, mean, if you uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to do that anyway. So there's well, there's yeah. also mission select. You can just yeah go back and read the notes and come back to your that's save. true. <laughs> one person saw me on the first mission. So I have to go back and replay that way. one. I'm super angry. I didn't notice <laughs> and I had saved and I went back and I was like, no, my stats. It's like, rip my stats. <laughs> okay. So I have to say this because before I started, before I started playing the game, I had, I had not thought about this. Um, when we first met Megan slash, uh, Billy, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, she wasn't the main character, right? Yeah. Um, but before I sat down to play it, I was like, okay, I got to look up who voiced <laughs> Billy. Mm. Because, okay, so I, I have a thing about, um, especially, not, not, well, not especially, about characters of color, main characters of color being voiced by voice actresses of color mm-hmm. right? Um, for a number of reasons, right? And, and one, because you know what? We don't have enough folks of color doing voice acting, right? We don't have uh, uh, folks of color in the games industry doing the things that they need to be doing anyway, one. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, because we had a really interesting uh, conversation um, uh, before, with because we were talking about Undead Labs before, but with Drew Hobson, who voiced uh, who voiced one of Marcus. the cast, Marcus in um, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm in State the, of Decay. State of Decay, I know. <laughs> one cup of coffee today, y'all. One cup of coffee is what I'm working on. <laughs> it's not enough. Um, no, nowhere near enough. Uh, and I was up to three o'clock in the morning. Um, but who voiced Marcus in State of Decay? And that was one of the things that he was talking about being a um, a man of color, vo- voicing a man of color, that there were some lines that were written uh, in the script and he was like, nope, 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 nope. We need to reword this because this is not something that, this is not something that a black man would say, right? So right. he would go through and say, let's, let's, let's rethink this, right? In terms of what this would feel like, how this would play out. Um, and I was, you know, I was happy to see that they had chosen Rosario Dawson um, to voice Megan slash Billy um, for that reason. Um, happier than I would have been in some cases. Um, like if we look back to, you know, <coughs> Nadine in uh, Uncharted um, 4. But uh, so that was a, an interesting part to me because, like I said, I think that... I mean, and you mentioned it earlier, too. Billy's been through a lot, yeah. right? Uh, and she is a fully fleshed out character, which is important to me. And that's why I was really sad that that I missed the letters. Um, and now I'm like, I got to go back right now and go find these letters because I want to read these letters. Because there's, I mean, this starts with, no spoilers. I'm trying to be unspoilery, right? This, this whole game starts... Um, 
because Billy has, like you said, her own moral code. She's got feelings. She's got emotions. She's got a lot of shit she's dealing with that, you know, is making her go into this adventure, shall we say, where she fully knows she might not come out. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, she might not come out the other side, but it's something real that she's going, she's attempting to do for some very real and very personal reasons. Um, and I think that that is probably why Billy is one of my favorite characters or is my favorite character in the series so far, because she feels to me, she feels like she has more of a real reason, an honest reason. And I won't say real, but a real to her reason to do what she's about to do. Because there's, I mean, like I said, she's fully cognizant of the fact that she might not make it out. Mm. Um, I mean, and it's not something that I felt with Corvo. It's not something that I necessarily felt with Emily. Yeah, that's um, true. But this is, this is something that I definitely feel with her. Um, and I felt a real connection to Billy. And, it, you know, is it because she's a black woman? I don't know. Um, but it's definitely because she, I think it's because she feels what she feels. And we're able to see what she feels. Yeah. I think um, I, because when I played Dishonored 2, obviously she's, you know, spoiler for Dishonored 2, she's there on the boat with you as as Megan Foster. And yeah. she is, she's quite guarded. Um which which makes sense for her on on during that adventure, and you you get a little you you get a couple of glimpses of of how she feels about the situation occasionally. You know, you can eavesdrop on her talking to herself about how ridiculous things are, and you can you can over you can uh, find an audiograph um, where she reminisces about her her childhood sweetheart, um, and so going into um, Death of the Outsider. There was an understanding um, that we had to portray this character as someone who was very capable, had gone through a lot of stuff, was also very guarded with people. Mm-hmm. But because you're now inhabiting her and in her inner life, we had to show how sentimental she is and how emotional she is. And, and so especially the kind of the, the things that she keeps with her, like the, you know, the rat charm from her from Deirdre and the poster of Dowd from 15 years ago. Like she's definitely mm-hmm. someone who holds on to things that make her feel alive and make her feel connected to other people. Mm-hmm. And so that was really exciting to write and exciting to work with, with such a character who already had such depth in a very understated way mm-hmm. and to finally kind of inhabit that and bring that forward and see her inner thoughts in this very direct way. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just had a great time. I, <laughs> we were all, we all just had a wonderful time writing this character and working on this character. Um, and especially um, because she had, you know, fairly limited uh, interactions with Dowd in Knife of Dunwall um, where you know she's she's there she she obviously cares about Dowd but also her you know her relationship to him changes depending on what he does obviously mm-hmm. uh, as part of that chaos system but then um she can be quite tender with Dowd at the end of that of of knife of dunwall um 
depending on whether, you know, if he kills her or not, um, and if she submits to that or not, depending on the chaos level. And so to take that relationship and build on it, um, on two people who are very guarded and have trouble expressing themselves and their emotions because they're, you know, they've been hired yes. killers for most of their lives. Um, and to take that and to kind of peel a little bit of that away, because obviously she cares about him deeply to to uh, seek him out and to, 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 to bring him and make sure that he's, he's okay and take care of him. Mm-hmm. And he obviously cares quite a lot about her because he, he does um, drop his, his very gruff... Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, you know, like man persona around, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know how to explain it, but he's just, he's a very gruff anti-hero throughout. Yeah. But he does drop that and become at moments quite tender with her as well. Yes. Um, I, I, um, and, I'm sorry. Really, yeah. I was just really happy how we could develop that and, and bring that, bring that forward from, from their original interactions in, in Knife of Dunwall. So yeah, <laughs> and between that and their and and her reflections upon their past life that we get in Death mm. of the Outsider, you totally reconceive their relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, that yeah, I don't, don't want to spoil stuff for Alicia either because I know I know <laughs> where she is and I, I know what she hasn't gotten to yet. Mm. So yeah. You got, guys, you got to keep playing. It's so good. I, I'm, I'm, ooh, yeah. You're almost there. You're almost I'm there. Almost Listen, there. as soon as we're done here, that's I'm going back to it. So <laughs> we, we, We're going to have to do a full spoiler cast when, when, when we're all said and done and everybody gets to do another replay, too. <laughs> everybody is in awesome. me. <laughs> I'm still killing everybody. I don't care. <laughs> Some people... Just need killing. Some, some people need. <laughs> some people need killing. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> some people just need killing. I mean, and and especially in this one, you you like even it's even got Alicia thinking. Some people need killing. <laughs> so. That is that is a big shift. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, okay, so here's a here's a question that is always the unasked question, and we never put it on the list, Hazel. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's not a hard one, I promise. <laughs> All People right. always get nervous when I say that. So It's the way you sell it. I know. Here's I thought it's like my, my fear is that you're going to ask me like a really intense, like critical theory question and that I won't be able to. That's like my, <laughs> that's like my fear every time I give a conference paper. It's no, like, see, we do feminist game studies, so we don't try to do gotcha moments like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Not, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying that. Um, it's like, so in this weird, obscure game that you have probably never played. Uh, what was the blood type of the tertiary character on the left side of the boat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that shit. Uh, oh, no. I'm a fake <laughs> girl, you found me out. I haven't. What, it, I, what is a video game? I don't, I don't know. Right. Fake uh, gamer, fake gamer. Fake gamer, what fake the, gamer. What the, what the fuck is a video game? <laughs> and what even is hermeneutics? I mean, really. <laughs> okay, no. <for> real. <laughs> all right. It all series this. So we've. we've talked a lot about the game we've asked we've asked a lot of stuff about the game what didn't we ask that you wish we had or something that you wanted to answer oh boy (laughs) that's see it is a big question oh no um hmm um 
Or you can say nothing because, you know, we're really thorough and we're good at this after almost eight years. Um, I, um, I, 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 every time, so I, I've always, I want people to ask me if they let me fuck the outsider so I can say, buddy, but, or like, yeah, it's like, can, oh, oh, but can we fuck the outsider? Buddy, they won't even let me fuck him. <laughs> so I don't know. You didn't ask. You didn't set that joke up for me, so I couldn't do it. But I guess that's a regret. But <laughs> well, but you still got it in there. So yeah, exactly. I still, it, I still managed to make the joke. You so did. It's a good day. It's a good day for everybody. It took a while. It took a while, but we got there. <laughs> um, yeah. No. This. Yeah. This has been a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking about. Billy Lurk and how awesome she is. It's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny when, uh, because Alicia and I both have this shared love of, this, the, of the Dishonored series for totally different reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because she doesn't want to kill anybody and I want to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, so when um, this opportunity popped up, I was like, there's only one person who could ever do this interview with me. <laughs> okay but i feel like i need to defend myself because there are some people who need killing mm-hmm. but that's why i'm always glad that there are like other devastating options like let me ruin your life yeah. let me just do that yeah so the the games are good to me they, they allow me to make a tableau of of Dead bodies? bodies. Oh, no, not, dead. not dead bodies. Unconscious. No, I yeah. did not. I'm, I'm still lifelong regret now that I did not spell out sin nudes uh, <laughs> with bodies. So here's so, the deal: spell out sin nudes uh, on a street before tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> and Shit. I will use that as the featured image. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I don't like to get caught. So, but that just means you got to kill everybody. The entire city. I'm gonna see what I can give you. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So, last question, Hazel. I'm, I'm, I promise this is the last question. Okay. What's next? Oh, for you, dishonored, or for me? For oh. you, for Hazel Montfort. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just focusing right now on finishing my thesis. Um, I am, I'm, I've, I've got some interesting opportunities that I'm looking into. So hopefully next week I can make a, a big announcement Ooh. about, about that. So that's a little teaser for you. But I, at the moment, I don't quite know what's happening next, except that I need to finish my thesis. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. <laughs> well, that makes my dissertation director heart glad. And it also makes me very excited as a game scholar and as a game player. So, because uh, this was definitely, this was definitely a fantastic first effort. You kind of knocked it out of the park. It's going to be hard to follow up. Oh my God. Yeah. I, oh wow. Maybe I peaked too early. Maybe everything else is going to just be the worst project. Cause I, 
I mean, when, when I was working on this, Anna um, McGill, the other the other external writer, as well as a bunch of other people, were like, you know, this isn't how it normally goes. Like, yeah, no, I know, I know. And they're like, usually you have to work on a bunch of really boring projects first. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm keeping a, I'm aware of that. I'm very grateful. And it's just, oh no, what if I have to do? What if my penance after this is Flappy Bird? Is <laughs> actual dialogue for Flappy Bird Two: Death of the Flappy Bird. Um, I'll make it work. I can do it. <laughs> I'll make you cry about Flappy Bird. Uh, you know, real I... theoretical. <laughs> Some Flappy Bird lore. I'll, I'll get the word hermeneutics in there somehow. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, one. Of, oh, oh. Sorry, I just remembered one of the. Uh, uh, one of the um, notes that you find in this 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 culty occult library is is from the librarian um, talking about how there's been serious inconsistencies in uh, the formatting of people's monographs, and so the this citation in bibliography has been very difficult. And one of and I I, I read this note, and my friend who is also a PhD and actually has the same supervisor as me was staying over. And she read this note with me and went, and that's the exact reaction I wanted to get. I just wanted someone who was doing a PhD to read some of these notes and go, oh, yeah, that's all I wanted. It's very, a knowing, a knowing laugh from the the graduate crowd is what I was going for. There you go. Well, Hazel, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, and you are welcome to come back anytime you want. Once you once you both finish the game. <laughs> there we go. You can come back for the spoiler cast. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. I would love that. Finish the we, game. We can talk about the outsider at depth then. Awesome. All the I would love ways. to. Yes. My eldritch boyfriend. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> That sounds like a plan. (laughs) All right. So I guess with that, that brings us to the end of episode 159. Um, All y'all need to go out right now and buy Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider, which I think is, like I said, the lore is there and it connects well to the other games. But this as a freestanding, because this is DLC that you can play without owning the other game, the full game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go play this because Billy Lutz is an amazing character. Um, the writing in this, the writing in this game is mediocre, but no, I'm kidding. The writing Aww. in this game is Damn. amazing. I would have been like, okay, that's fair, I guess. And just as soon as we log off, I just go start cry crying. In the corner, yeah. <laughs> no, the writing in this game is amazing. Um, it, like I said, it, it made me feel stuff for Billy that I was not expecting to feel and made Billy my favorite Dishonored character thus far. So, um, yeah. And, and, and there, there were some teary moments. I'm just going to say that cause I don't, yeah. So <laughs> definitely check this out. Spoiler free, check it out, play it, get ready for the spoiler cast. All right. Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying nice. Awesome. Everyone go and do that. Please. Yeah, please, please. Everybody do that. Um, so until next time, when we hit episode 160, uh, stay cool, stay dry, stay safe, and go play Dishonored. And as always, my friends, 
game on.